I am on a mission of sorts to go through every Full House episode in order and break it all down to give you the full feel of what Full House is all about. From character analysis to even a psychological breakdown, I am determined to get through all eight seasons of this phenomenal show. As always, I am your host, Amy, and thanks for joining me and becoming a part of my Full House family. All right, everybody, and welcome back to the What's This Full House Edition podcast. As always, I am your host, Amy, and today we have a brand new special guest joining us today. So anytime you guys have heard me talk about or mention, like, my friend and I, like, recreating scenes from Full House, I think we talked about this in, like, a pox in our house and some other episodes as well. Well, everyone, I have her here with me today. Her name is Bethany. And Hello. so Yep, there she is. Um we've been freaks of full house since our birth probably, right? Literally, yes. <laughs> yeah. So we grew up watching just like a lot of you have. So we thank you so much for joining us today, Bethany. Of course. Of course I am very honored to be a part of this podcast, and I love all things Full House, so I'm excited. And I'm excited to have you as well, because you've never been on before, so I'm really yeah. just happy to have a, a new voice along with mine. <laughs> yeah, of course, I'm happy to be here. So I wanted to talk for a minute just about what you like most about Full House, and what's your favorite episode, and why? I I guess Full House has just been like my childhood as it is for a lot of Full House fans and I just have good memories to it and it always has a good lesson. Um, it just, it really exudes love, honestly. And I just, um, and honestly, watching the episodes back, even to this day, I still genuinely laugh. It's so funny. Um, me too, me too. So um, yeah, so I mean, it's just the timing of everything with the humor, and it's just great. It's just like a, a nostalgic home, home, home cozy show for me. <laughs> I love that home cozy. Yeah, and I mean, my favorite, uh, I have so many favorite episodes, obviously, but I think we're on season two. I know that's what um, this episode is that we're covering today. But like, and season two is great. I think one of my favorite episodes, though, is later on in season six. It's called um, Room for One More. And it's the episode mm -hmm. with the pig and the um, actually the radio show that Joey and Jesse are doing. And it's just I, that's my favorite episode for so many reasons. <laughs> That is a good one. Is that the one where they rap downstairs? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And, <laughs> yes. and Steve is in it and Kimmy and they're rapping and, and then <laughs> Jesse falls asleep in the nursery and wakes up hearing them on the, on the baby monitor or the radio. It's so funny. It is funny. I remember that one. I haven't, I haven't really seen too much of that one, but I definitely remember it. Yes. Yeah. So that one, I just always... <laughs> 
I'm like cracking up the whole time and just the pig running around and just everything about it. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, now at this time, we're going to go into kind of our introduction to our episode today. So we are doing season two, episode number six called Beach Boy Bingo. This aired on November the 18th, 1988. It was written by Mark Warren and Dennis Rinsler. And those guys were the same two who wrote the last episode as well, Jingle Hell. Um, so, of course, I said in the last episode that they would be back. And mm-hmm. here they are again in the very next episode. We really didn't dive deep into these two writers. So I'm going to do that like really quickly just to show how talented they are in this industry and how their work has inspired me and thousands of others like you guys have no idea how deep like these guys go so let's start with mark warren okay so actually alongside dennis rensler wrote 87 episodes of full house Wow. That's crazy. I know. I just was like, what? Because so far in the show, the first episode they're doing is season two, episode number five. So everything before this was done by a bunch of different people. So having them first one on the last episode was, I think, pretty cool. They both have done so many different shows. The ones that stood out to me in my research were the ones that they did from Disney Channel. Did you know that they did shows from Disney Channel? No, I absolutely did not know that. It's funny because I feel like since Full House and, and you know, all the credit that Full House got, they were able to open their horizons and do so many things like for Disney and stuff like that. That's crazy. I know. They did like That's So Raven, even Stevens. Um, they did 10 episodes of the Jonas Brothers show, Jonas. Wow. Um, 21 episodes of Kicking It, and their most recent project, there were executive producers of 20 episodes of Bizarre Vark in 2016 and 2017. So their work actually kind of tickered out in that 2016-2017 year. Mm-hmm. So it seemed to me that's kind of when both of them stopped, and maybe they like retired. I couldn't find out why their work stopped. But both of them, I mean, good gracious. I know. I, they, they, they hit their mark and they, they did what they came to do and they made great shows in the process, you know? And I mean, with, with shows like That's So Raven from the Disney Channel, I mean, in my opinion, it's probably one of the best Disney Channel shows that ever existed. It is. It really was. Um definitely a classic and I just knows that one I just remember I don't know if it was last year or the year before but on my lunch breaks I would watch that's so raven on my phone and prop my phone up in my car and watch that's so raven and I got through the entire series and I was like you know what just because this is this is about like a psychic there is so much more to the show than than anybody can like I watch it. I mean, maybe I just noticed it more as an adult watching it, I guess. Mm. But the lessons and the humor, and I just think it's one of the best. And it was done by these guys. So, and it's so cool because honestly, you introduced me to 
That's so Raven. But more importantly, you introduced me to Full House and I just have all these memories of going to your house as kids <laughs> and watching it together and binging it until wee hours in the morning, literally. And it was just so great. <laughs> My so, mom would like shuffle out of her room. What are you girls doing? We're like yes. watching Full House. <laughs> yes, but she's secret. She loves the show too. And yeah. she would watch it with us sometimes. And it just, it just really reminds me of our childhood together. And Full House is really like, we grew up with it and it was specifically you mm-hmm. and I. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. And all these other Disney Channel shows as well. I just remember being there with you and you showing me them because I never had the cable growing up and you did. (laughs) (laughs) And how is that? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So those memories. Yeah. It's really, really nostalgic. But at the same time, you watch these shows today and they don't seem so nostalgic. It's almost like they're being presented on television in this day and age, which that tells a lot about the show. Like the humor holds up, the Mm -hmm. lessons hold up, the characters hold up, the stories hold up, you know, it's just constant, you know, it's, it's old. It's old. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, but it's still in 2023 can still have impact just like it did when we were kids and before we were born, when this episode came out. It's true. It's, it's really true. The, it's still relevant to us and as it should be, you know, they're mm-hmm. good lessons taught. Oh, absolutely. I, I totally agree. All right. Let's go on to who directed this episode. We have a man named Steve Zuckerman. He is actually new to us here and he has a lot of accolades um, directing throughout the eighties and the nineties. He most recently directed in 2016 two episodes of the show Two Broke Girls, and he actually directed an episode of Hannah Montana in 2009. Well, we love Hannah Montana here. That we do. <laughs> I've heard his name out there before. Yeah, he's, mm-hmm. yeah, credit to him. That That's awesome. Yeah, in the fact that this episode includes several guest stars. And to direct such an episode, I feel like that they were looking at this episode as like a breakthrough for them as a studio, Mm. as a show, because as we both know, at the end of season one of Full House, they were considering canceling the show altogether. So the fact that they were able to continue the show into season two and six episodes in, like not even halfway through the season, six episodes in, they have four extremely famous people on the episode to have that is amazing four or five was it right yeah yeah um several (laughs) um so and I know like Steve Urkel was in one of those episodes yes that is in season seven I'm pretty sure oh okay yeah so later on no it's season four Stephanie gets framed with Jaleel White. <laughs> yep. Yes, you're right. When she gets glasses. Yep. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cameron was in season one or two, correct? I believe. He was. Yeah. He was in season one. Just one of the guys. 
And yeah. And at the time he was really big. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's wild. And I think um, to direct such an episode of this scale, because I'm not going to give it away, but we both know what happens here at the end of the episode. So mm-hmm. to direct and have that kind of power with this, with this episode, I think is really cool. It is. Yeah. It's like a breakthrough. Like you said, that's great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do a little description here about what the, what is this episode even about? I haven't even gotten there yet, but here it is. So after winning a radio contest to spend an evening with the beach boys, DJ must only choose one guest to take with her. Will this cause a division amongst a full house? Mm, I wonder. I wonder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, now let's get into the episode. So here we start with another cold open. So we've had a cold open every episode so far in season two. Um, none of them had had anything to do with the episode so far. They're just cute little spots in the opening before the uh, theme song. In this one, Stephanie is reading a bedtime story to Michelle. At her nursery. Michelle wants her to read it again. So Stephanie speeds it up and says, <laughs> She's like, Once upon a time, Cinderella right. lost a shoe, found a shoe, found and lived, it the end. <laughs> lived after with it. <laughs> Michelle's like, Bad story. So Michelle, of course, wants a proper story, one that she so deserves and wants to hear the real story again. And Stephanie responds, You're pretty smart for someone who drools. So Michelle. <laughs> yeah just smiles at her but stephanie continues to read it from the beginning which did you notice like how incredible her reading skills are you know that that child actor i mean it's it's never too much to talk about jody sweden and her and her act i mean she's truly one of the best childhood actors of of that time and of our time still. She she was great. Yeah, I think she was just a whippersnapper. Like, just mm-hmm. highly intelligent for her age. Definitely. Um, yes. She's like six, maybe about to be seven here. And I don't know if I read that well when I was that age, but probably not. <laughs> yeah, she's... She definitely... They definitely casted her in that little cold open perfectly. They knew she read well. And they, they wanted to showcase that, I'm sure. And it's and it was perfect. I mean, if you think about it, like, there's a script that she has to memorize for every single episode. So she's got to read that or have somebody read it to her. And mm-hmm. she's got she's to have that in her brain, like, to memorize when should my line be, what is my line, and if I say it the right way. So I think it's very impressive for a kid of that Absolutely. age. It's, like, magical almost. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And then you have, obviously, her put together with baby Mary-Kate Nashley, and it's just adorable. It's too much cuteness. <laughs> so after this small cold, cold open, we go into the theme song, which we have no changes in as far as the actors' sequences. Um, I just think that the theme song for season two, which did change after um, Cutting It Close on episode two of season two, Tanner versus Gibbler, which we've discussed here and there, but it's just so cute. And I, I can't help it, but smile when I see it. It's just, everyone's so adorable and I love it. I know. I know. I'm, 
And it's always so exciting. I know I'm getting ahead, but it's always so exciting when they change the theme song too. And it's like different shots when they're old as they get older. Yeah. Yep. And I loved how they kept the same sequences or the same pictures from Full House when they did the Fuller House theme song. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. They did. They had to, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know they had to. And I think, it correct me if I'm wrong, um, at this point, season two, during the theme song is when either Mary-Kate or Ashley baby points at either the probably like um, something in the air, like some air apparatus with the camera. She points mm-hmm. at it during the middle of the theme song. Yes, that that does. Um, pretty sure that happens there when they change the, the, the theme song in um, Tana versus Gibbler. That's when it starts. And she's pointing up at the what whatever it is, helicopter, whatever's taping them. Yeah, um, yeah. In the, I was going to say drone, but they definitely didn't have a drone. Their version of a drone. <laughs> that's the that's the one that's going on at this point. Yeah, I just I love to note that little that little like um, behind the scenes type of you know breaking the veil of Hollywood. She's pointing at the camera. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> she's adorable. Mm-hmm. Okay, next we're going to get re- into the rest of the episode. It is the morning and DJ is setting the table and Michelle is there to too, having some breakfast. Mm-hmm. Stephanie is rifling through the box of cereal to find a special prize hidden within. A giant glow-in-the-dark dinosaur. And did you notice her box of cereal is oat boats? Yes, yes, they had to do the oat boat homage. <laughs> I did. So that was the same cereal um, that Stephanie got to be in the commercial for back in season one, episode 13, Sisterly Love. You'd think, though, after this giant, huge debacle about the oat boats between her and DJ, they would never have another box of... (laughs) I know. Danny Danny Tanner would not allow that. (laughs) I know. I noticed that, too. I'm like, why do they still have oat boats? And, and... It was also featured in season two, episode one, cutting it close when Jesse tries to make himself a bowl of cereal and it becomes one of the most iconic scenes in season two ever. So DJ says that their dad has a rule, never put your arm inside someone else's breakfast. Why do you, do I think that rule was because of Joey? Like (laughs) (laughs) it kind of just sounds like something you would say. Like Joey started that rule. Like it, I'm just saying, like, he's the only one that would really do this often enough. So Danny implemented a rule about it. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? So Stephanie dumps out what's left of the cereal, which is literally the perfect amount (laughs) into her bowl. (laughs) Yeah. It's like they didn't measure that out first. I know. I know. She just. But there's no dinosaur. She said he's escaped. Danny enters wearing a tropical style shirt. First of all, we need to talk about Danny entering. Okay, what do you got? Because the the fact that he just says surfs up, dude, it's great. And what he's wearing, I, it's like he knows his he, his comedic timing really is funny. As an adult watching it again, he truly is like the funniest one. He it's just so it's great. Like just what he's wearing, the sunglasses with the Hawaiian t-shirt. And the surf's up, dude. It's just great. 
<laughs> he has this humor that is just so tacky and uh-huh. It's like, oh my I gosh, know you're that. just like you're embarrassed by watching him. <laughs> yes, but it's great. It's great like, for him. Yes, and it's perfect. It's a perfect style of comedy for him. I know. Absolutely. Um he's wearing white pants too. Did you notice that? Yes, yes, and it matches the Hawaiian the blue with the Hawaiian shirt and because he knows he he's all set for his special guests on his talk show or on his yeah. TV show, so he's ready. Yes. So he yes he goes on to say that the Beach Boys will be joining him on his show today. So actually, you know what? I kind of like forgot that he was doing Wake Up San Francisco with Rebecca because the last few episodes we haven't really even talked about it. I mean, we did in in episode four DJ's very first horse, but very very briefly. Hasn't been brought up since. So I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot he switched jobs and is now this talk show host. When Danny refers to her as Rebecca, I just, I, it just, it was like, cause usually like later on, you know, she's never referred to as Rebecca. No. So it's kind of one of those moments in this early season that we get to catch of her still being referred to as Rebecca. And I think too, what's interesting about that is when, I feel like once she, like, gets with who she's meant to be with, without mm-hmm. saying his name. Mm-hmm. Um, because her none name, of us know. <laughs> oh, I know, right? So, but when that happens, her name gets changed. And I think her character kind of changes, too. So, maybe Absolutely. they did that on purpose. You know, she kind of takes on this Becky, now, identity. Yeah, yeah right. Yes, takes on a, a family member role, um, mm-hmm. for sure. And not someone that's just, like, been there a few times and, like, works with Danny and... Uh-huh. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I like that a lot. All right. So, next, DJ is slightly disgusted that Danny is also excited about the Beach Boys because she likes them, so her dad really shouldn't. But, I mean, like, who doesn't like the Beach Boys? Right. That, that, exactly. I love the Beach Boys. I love um, the Beach Boys as well. Joey and Jesse enter the kitchen too, and Danny, Joey, and Jesse all go on to sing Surf and Safari together. And of course, I had to join in too because I just have to. <laughs> yeah. They're like, come on a safari with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Surf and Safari. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Yeah. I was and then the-, the girls are just looking at them in almost disgust, and then they're like, "Boy, we're mediocre." <laughs> yeah. So Joey pours himself a bowl of cereal that Stephanie fills the need she has to go through to try to find the dinosaur that's still escaped somewhere. Which I didn't. I didn't feel like that interaction about this plastic dinosaur was like important to anything which it's not i don't know why it's there but it is Mm. joey goes on to thank danny for inviting him and jesse to meet the beach boys um danny goes on to say remember the first time we ever heard the beach boys we tried to become surfers and it was a disaster so that was a little bit interesting that kind of gives some history there that these guys have all listened to the beach boys before um they clearly know their songs 
Yeah. You know, they, they were so inspired by them that they wanted to become surfers. And also in this scene, they mention Flintstone vitamins, which are also just very nostalgic for me. Um, I just thought that that was cool watching it back because I also took Flintstone vitamins growing up. <laughs> Oh, me too. All right. So next we go to Jesse goes on to share one of his experiences of when he first heard good vibrations. He was in the first grade and he turned to his date and said, have mercy. Yes, that's exactly. I was going to say we have a have mercy in this episode. So, you know, it's a good one. Yes, we do. And I thought that was interesting, too, that Jesse gives a little bit of history of one of his experiences as a child, which this is probably the earliest, maybe one of the earliest memories he's given um, about his childhood. We know that he's Mm. started music when he was like four. So first grade isn't too far off of age four. So, all right, we go back to Danny who is now choking on the dinosaur toy. He pulls it out of his mouth. Stephanie takes it and says, this can't be my giant glow-in-the-dark dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) It looks looks more like a dino shrimp, which is (laughs) definitely is um, not giant at all and got ripped off, which can I just... so accurate to those cereal toys <laughs> definitely and you know what this kind of reminds me of i don't know if you remember this you probably do it's in like season seven must be when michelle gets that rigby the rhino doll yep mm-hmm. and it's like super small mm-hmm. and then she and De- denise and Derek and her friends and joey go to the mall to pick it rigby the rhino they're like protesting at least put a gift card in there or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> Coupon. <laughs> yeah. So now we're going to fade into the set of Wake Up San Francisco, where the set is decorated like a beach set with surfboards and ukuleles, beach accessories with a sign that says, Welcome Beach Boys. Joey and Jesse are there, and Joey mentions the jingle for their beach butter suntan butter. lotion. Yes. Yep. That they've been trying to sell. But this is the first that I've heard of this beach butter suntan jingle. Um, apparently they got a new job to do. They've already written the song and recorded it on a tape. But none of us have heard it. So, And there's probably a reason for that. Because in a few moments they're going to sing it for us. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, Joey is trying to say to Jesse that... They should try to get the Beach Boys to hear it or maybe even work on it, too. But Jesse reminds him that these guys are legends. But Jesse really doesn't want to bother the Beach Boys with a measly jingle. He just wants them to enjoy their time without anyone trying to sell them into anything. But we all know, based on the past, when Jesse has said no to Joey... That things never worked out in Jesse's favor, i.e. Jingle Hell, the last episode we did, when he bought brought the cat puppet to the audition. Yes. Uh, yep. <clears throat> and it didn't it didn't go so well. <laughs> no, and I'm still mad because that was the best jingle they ever put out, and the, the agency was like, we're going a different way. 
All right. Like, excuse me. Ah, it was the best one. <laughs> Danny is now about is now on the air about to introduce the Beach Boys, but receives a note from a producer saying that the Beach Boys plane can't land due to fog. But mm-hmm. since he promised the audience they would hear good vibrations, so he whips out his own guitar and then goes on to sing good vibrations. Again, another comedic moment from Bob Saget. (laughs) Yes, and I even wrote, as much as Bob Saget is a talented singer and guitar player, this is kind of cringy to watch. (laughs) It is, and and that's exactly it. You put it perfectly, like his cringe comedy, the fact that he knows it's that, it just makes it even funnier. It's like just perfect for his character. It is. Yeah. His OCD nerdiness and his, mm-hmm. you know, you love him, but you're like He's so neurotic and <laughs> just, yeah, like <laughs> anal retentive. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we fade back now to the house where we see Danny again and he's ironing his tie. It is still attached to his shirt, mind you. Kimmy walks right on in. So we know that if Kimmy just barges right into the house, no one was in their underwear. Can I just say, when Kimmy comes into the house, it's a moment with her and Danny. And if you asked me what are some of my favorite moments on Full House, like comedic, comedy-wise, it would honestly be the Danny, Tanner, and Kimmy Gibbler moments. They are always so funny, and they they pull it through all the seasons, and they always give them those those two characters a moment of of humor and they're always so great and this is one of them um when when Kimmy comes in and you know she's gonna go see DJ and Danny's there and they just always have these lines between the two of them that are great I agree I actually really never really noticed that before Mm -hmm. that they they'll have like a moment here or there between the two of them and Usually when there's moments between any adult and Kimmy, it's them being like, what do you want, Gibbler? You know, yeah. or uh-huh. it's not it's not really like degrading, but it's like non-welcoming when and, there's. Yeah, exactly. Like in this moment, in this episode, Danny's like, have you ever even heard of Fog Gibbler? <laughs> it's always just like, just, I don't know, something about. The Danny and Gibbler moment, Danny and Kimmy moments are just funny to me. And they always, Mm -hmm. they drag it out through the whole series and it's great. Yeah. And there's a big reason too, as to why Kimmy is showing up here. Um, She comes in, asks if DJ's home and Danny responds, oh, she's doing her homework. You know, it's a basic, she's here and doing her homework. Jesse and Joey enter the house frantically asking Danny where the radio is at because the radio will be playing their jingle at 345 and they want to hear their debut. The jingle that they're about to hear is not for their beach butter lotion, suntan lotion. But this jingle that they're waiting for to debut on the radio is something completely different. So I am telling you that this voice of this radio guy is the voice of this guy named Brian Kale. Back in early season one, maybe, I was going to keep an eye and ear out for this guy named Brian Kale. He has a really distinct voice. Really distinct. He was involved in season one a few times, and I knew he would be back. I just knew it. 
Um, but I believe he's uncredited for these voice roles, but I can swear to you it's him and you can't change my mind about it because he eventually, he has already made a physical appearance in Full House in season one, um, episode number seven, Knock Yourself Out. And he also makes another physical appearance in Full House. I think it's in season seven, My Right Foot and My Left. He does vocal work for many episodes of Full House, but he's never like in the credits as like radio guy or announcer guy or whatever. It's just not there. And I can't find anything online about him doing such things. So there's no proof, but I'm like a thousand percent convinced. It's Brian Kale. You're probably right, honestly. I mean, there could be a reason why he's not credited. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, that that is probably accurate, though. Yes, I need to know. This needs to be a mystery solved. But as of now, it is not. But anyways, the jingle that plays on the radio for Jesse and Joey was for this place called Beano's, a little restaurant in town. And the jingle goes, eat at Beano's today. (laughs) But they didn't put in the last part. (laughs) I know, I know. Which included the word today. And so Joey and Jesse are irritated that they're butchered, that they butchered their jingle by eliminating just one word. So they go to their rooms upset and Jesse leaves the radio on as they are walking away. And the radio announcer, a.k.a. Brian Kale, says there's a contest <laughs> to win. It's definitely a- Brian Kale. <laughs> <laughs> to win a dream night with the Beach Boys. So they stop and come back to see how to win. They also will win two front row seats to their concert the next night. I looked it up and there was actual no concert. On November 19th, 1988 in San Francisco. But there was one November the 5th, 1988 in L.A. So I'm guessing they filmed this episode or parts of it Mm -hmm. slightly early since Full House was indeed filming in L.A. and not actually San Francisco. And Mm -hmm. hired the Beach Boys for this episode. So it makes sense... For them to do that. So November the 5th would actually be the day after DJ's very first horse. That would be season two, episode number four, aired. Mm-hmm. So this episode aired and then the concert happened November 5th in L.A. I also, to spin off of what you just said, I have a question um, <clears throat> that we could also look into in the end of the episode, I don't want to give anything away, but when the Beach Boys perform in what seems like a ball stadium, it the fans in the um, stands are wearing two different colors, like red and gold, that would mimic a sporting event. So I'm wondering also if, in fact, the Beach Boys performed at a sporting event. I don't know. I just noticed the fans had, like, pom-poms and different sweatshirts and ball caps that all looked like the same color yeah which actually i do know the answer to your question 
Okay. The concert, which I'm just going to tell you now, uh, the concert scene was filmed at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum on November 5th, 1988, just like I said. Filmed first, then the rest of the episode was filmed after. So crazy how they could do that. But the concert was played after a USC Trojans football game against the University of California Golden Bears. See, I knew it. I knew something was going on. (laughs) Yep, and they only did the two songs. So according to their set list of this concert, the only two songs that you hear. And then Kokomo. Yep, that was the only two songs that they they did that entire night. So we hear those two in the episode. um, And all the people that are in the stands are real and are really there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can tell just the energy in that scene um, that they're really there and just the way, I mean, we could talk about this later on too, but just the way that um, John Stamos is performing, you can tell he's, that's his heart. That's his soul. That's like what he loves to do. And that it's really real in that moment. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we'll get more into at the end of the episode kind of how John Stamos's relationship with the Beach Boys is and how like he was able to get up on that stage with a guitar and just join in <laughs> like like it was just first nature for him. Yeah. Yeah, and clearly he's not a stranger to them either. So once we get to the end of the episode, we'll talk more about their their friendship and all of that. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting stuff. That's cool history to know. Yeah, and that's kind of what we were saying at the beginning, like how this one just has so much really cool history and interesting facts. Mm-hmm, definitely. All right. So back to the episode here. We have the radio contest that says all you have to do is be the seventh caller and name the Beach Boys hit. So Jesse tries to call, but DJ's on the phone. But she's actually the seventh caller. The radio announcer is asking her if she can name the hit song to win her dream night with the Beach Boys. So he plays a snippet of the song with no words. Probably, I would say, one of their most famous songs. But she can't think of the words. And if she was such a big fan of the Beach Boys, like she said she was, she would have known this song right away. But she Uh didn't. Right. And thank goodness they have a telephone right there in the kitchen where Danny, Joey, and Jesse just happen to be. <laughs> yep, and they're, like, listening to the radio at the same time. And she can't think of the name of the song, and she's about to answer correctly, incorrectly. And the guys rush, rush in and say, help me, Rhonda. And she says that into the phone, and it is the correct answer. And she has now won the dream night with the Beach Boys. Could you imagine how easy that was? I know that is just I mean I've not had that kind of luck (laughs) no I remember when we were kids and there was some kind of radio contest and we called in and we won a CD they're like we're gonna send you a CD in the mail and we were like freaking out in the car (laughs) screaming we won (laughs) we want to we want a cd that was it so i don't know i don't remember what the contest was for 
But the fact that she just won a free dream night with the Beach Boys just by answering a lyric question. Right. <sighs> and she happened to be the caller and, you know, and but in reality, she was like, help me, Gibbler. And then it was Jesse, Joey and Danny who come up and they're like, Rhonda. <laughs> She's like, Rhonda. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how it went. So um, she'll, she'll be picked up in a limo by the Beach Boys themselves, but then she can only bring one guest. Now the family is at odds since they all want to go, but she can only bring one. So she is now feeling obligated and indecisive. Mm-hmm. And I like this because it's automatically a moment in, the sh- in this episode where you know there's going to be a lesson learned at the end. Um, You just automatically know how it's going to, you know, we don't know how it's going to play out, but we know that there has to be a lesson learned when she's given a important decision to make. Um, And I I feel like it's right in that moment where as an audience, we realize, okay, here's the lesson in this episode, you know? um, Yeah. You can see this is kind of like the peak like if you imagine it as a mountain, you have like the beginning of the episode, you're going up the mountain and then you're right there at the very peak. And now we're just going to go down the other side of the mountain and see how um, it plays out. Yeah. See, yeah. See how it plays out on the other side. Yeah. And so at this time, I think it's really good um, time right now to take a short little break and we'll be right back right after this. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for absolutely free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Just go to podcasters.spotify.com or download the free Spotify for Podcasters app and get started today. We're just going to jump right back into the episode here. So DJ feels obligated and indecisive about who she's going to take with her to this night with the Beach Boys. So it's the next morning and Joey is cooking DJ her favorite meal, cheeseburgers, for breakfast. (laughs) Nothing like a good bribe. Right, I know. So obviously he is buttering her up so she will pick him to bring to the Beach Boys concert. Um, Jesse can also see right through all of this and calls him a disgrace. He says, Joseph, you're a disgrace. (laughs) Yeah, Joseph, you're a disgrace. But <laughs> but then DJ, did you love the CD I made you? <laughs> yeah, right. She she comes down from upstairs and thanks Uncle Jesse for making her a tape of her favorite songs. And to make a mixtape back then was a really long process. But I I was thinking the same thing as well when I watched the episode back last night. I was like, that must have been a, a whole feat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it must have taken him, like, the entire night to do. So now he's buttering her up, too. So really, is it, Jesse? you're a disgrace? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Jesse then says that he had an extra tape and five hours to kill. So that's how long it took him. 
to create oh, that for her. So that's, yeah. So he takes his cheeseburger from Joey and sits down. Stephanie comes down to check out the action. And once, once again, here's Kimmy barging right into the house. No knocking or anything. Of course not. No, she had met Kimmy mentioned in a past episode. The only time she will ever knock is if someone's in their underwear. Guess no one was in their underwear again. So she has a plate of her mom's double fudge brownies. Of course, another bribe by someone mm -hmm. to try to get DJ to pick them for the concert. Danny says, enough of this. She's not going to make her decision based on bribes and special treatment since that's not how we raised her. My firstborn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then comes Bob Saget with the best comedy. Yeah. And Danny insists she tell everyone who she's picking to go. It's like, she just woke up. <laughs> like, give her some time. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's, yeah, she's... It's stressful on a child. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. So she goes with <laughs> Uncle Jesse, and he's so excited. Danny is surprised, of course, and saddened by her decision because he wanted to be picked. Mm -hmm. He wanted to be picked, and he feels like as her father, he has that right to be picked. <laughs> he, has, yeah. he has that entitlement he thinks <laughs> yes exactly we then see him in Michelle's nursery watching her play with paints and I'm looking around the room here um, in this scene and you can see that on the table Danny has some cleaner nearby of course and, and a sponge huh. so did you notice, notice what, what Michelle is wearing here what? no I did not notice. Okay, she's wearing what looks like one of Danny's dress shirts. Oh, yes. But okay. To backwards, paint. yeah, with the sleeves rolled up. And I thought it was interesting because it looks just like the one Stephanie wore in episode one, cutting it close, when she was playing Mr. Stephanie the, at the salon. Oh, okay. So that would make sense. That's like wow. their play shirt that they rotate around the family i guess <laughs> very good the, the costume design that's very good attention to detail wow yeah and also for you that's great attention to detail it's just i found it interesting i wonder if it is the same shirt though there's no way of knowing you know danny is commenting on her work being abstract Mm -hmm. He encourages her to keep the paint on the paper. DJ enters to ask Danny if her outfit is okay for the concert. And he says, it's beautiful. He, she says, thanks, and starts to leave when she is stopped by Danny, who wants to ask her now why she picked Uncle Jesse, and her reason was because he loves the Beach Boys, and he's a musician. Right, and then she says, if... If I had won a night, um, you know, but you're a talk show host. If I had won a night with Oprah Winfrey, I would have chose you. <laughs> Which, yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. Mm -hmm. um, but Danny is kind of making her feel bad for her decision as she's leaving the room. Like you can see her almost second guessing herself. Yeah, right. I because mean, her dad. Yeah, and DJ is so caring, and mm -hmm. she wants everyone in this situation to be happy, but 
she doesn't want to be pulled one way or the other either. I feel for her in that. Definitely. Mm -hmm. That's a big decision to make. As Danny and DJ are talking, Michelle's actually... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Michelle is painting on the dresser. So, of course, Danny grabs the cleaner and sponge and starts cleaning it up right away. Mm -hmm. And then she just tries to paint his slacks. (laughs) Yes, and you know what I actually noticed here Can in this you scene? Say cleaner. <laughs> yeah, right. Was when Danny is spraying the cleaner on the dresser. It is like an inch away from Michelle's face. Oh, good point. I am seriously wondering if it was even cleaner. I hope to God that it was just water in that sprayer. Because his her face was right next to the spray mm. trigger of that cleaner. I was like, mm-hmm. she even like makes like a face, like a like a oh my gosh face, like you just you're so close to me. You know what's interesting? You say that is, I know for a lot of um, stage roles. I mean, at least for theater, <clears throat> they would use like for example the show Hairspray, which I definitely need to bring up later on but they'll use like a an, a certain oil-based water for sprays that actually make it less watery and I and I'm pretty sure they'd probably use that for shows as well to make it not so wet and but it still has that spray effect for TV oh. or for stage that is really interesting mm-hmm yep oh, my wow. friend my friend who does theater and travels with um, different shows told me that. So hopefully they use that in this scenario here. Right. Yeah. They would have to, or else everything would be like genuinely wet (laughs) in the shot. (laughs) So Michelle, like you said, starts to paint Danny's pants as well. And he starts to clean his pants off with the sponge and cleaner. You know, Danny, he always has to have that, that cleaning moment. Oh, definitely. And I'm not even going to really get into it, but see uh, season one, episode four, The Return of Grandma, um, for more information on Jesse or Danny's neurotic compulsiveness. Uh, yeah. It explains yeah. it all. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we fade into Jesse's room where Joey is helping Jesse get ready for the concert and is telling him of a scenario in which he has their jingle on a tape. And Joey snuck the tape into his pocket and told him to think about giving the jingle to the Beach Boys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Danny enters Jesse's room. Now, Joey has left to show Jesse Michelle's painting, I guess. DJ enters and says to Jesse and Danny that she had forgotten, but she had plans to go ice skating with Kimmy. So she gives her ticket to her dad to go to the concert with Uncle Jesse. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, he made her feel bad about her decision earlier. So now she's changing her mind. Right. That's a big decision. Yeah, but she really, she's just too caring to, like, let it go in her own mind. Yeah. Yeah, she just doesn't know who to who to go with and who, right, that's, yeah. So Danny tells Jesse that it did hurt his feelings a little when he wasn't picked to go, 
But Jesse says that if there should be anyone who is jealous, it should be me being jealous of you, Danny, not the other way around. But Danny doesn't understand how this could be. But Jesse goes on to explain that Danny has something going with the girls that he will never have. That Stephanie shared with Danny her first ceramic handprint. And what was Michelle's first word? Dada. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So Danny says that it was cookie. Then after that, she said dada. Her first word was dada. See season one, episode six, daddy's home. But she didn't even say it to Danny. She said it to Jesse. Interesting. I didn't notice that. The whole episode is about her saying dada to everybody but Danny. Oh, so, that's a little writer's block right there. So Jesse goes on, says, you know, when DJ gets married, who will walk her down the aisle? And in the last episode of Fuller House, that indeed happens. And I'm not trying to be, like, uh, rude or anything, but in my opinion, he should have walked Stephanie down the aisle since that was Stephanie's first wedding and DJ's second wedding. Okay, I'm just saying. Right. That's true. She had already been married to that one guy who gave her the three sons. Right. Stephanie had never been married before. And who's walking her down the aisle? Joey. <laughs> Which is still cute. Yeah, it's it's cute, but... Danny thanks Jesse for reminding him how lucky he is and gives him a hug, of course. Yeah, so now we are in DJ's room, and she's just sitting on her bed reading a magazine. This is kind of, I think, where the heart talk comes in a little bit, because we didn't really have, like, a big heart talk like we usually would in an episode. Um, But I think this kind of... You're at the end of the episode. Like, this one's interesting. It's... It's the the kind of heartfelt talks are happening, the heartfelt scenes are happening in the middle of the episode versus mm-hmm. a lot of them are at the end. Yeah, yeah. So I think they wanted to get through it as fast as they could to get right. to the really crazy stuff kind of at the end here. So Danny comes in to sit by her and talk and he apologizes for putting her in a tough spot and that picking Uncle Jesse was fine and that her and Jesse should go and have a good time. But DJ says that the Beach Boys mean a lot to him, so she wants him to go. And, I mean, I'm glad that Danny went in there to apologize about it after making her feel bad. But he really shouldn't have made her feel bad to begin with. No. Uh, yeah, he shouldn't have. And that's just... It's, it's what makes a good show is to see these characters grow. You know, they're, none of them are perfect. None of, he's not a perfect dad. That's what makes it good is the lessons learned and the growth you see throughout the seasons and the episodes of the characters also learning lessons. Mm-hmm. That's true. You're absolutely right about that. Like none of them are perfect in their own way. So Jesse enters and says he changes his mind about going with her to the Beach Boys and that he wants her to go with her dad. But Danny says he's not going. Stephanie is also in the room. Somehow she's in there. Um, DJ's realizing that all of this kind of got out of hand and complicated. It was supposed to be fun, but now everybody's either hurt or disappointed. She didn't think that it was worth it and now doesn't even want to go herself. 
Stephanie says, show go. <laughs> She's and like, she looks at Joey and says, want to be my date? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> she just takes over the whole thing. She's like, I'll go. Uh-huh. She just she just enters a room and it just explodes her cuteness. Like yeah. she just she just throws her adorableness all over that set. Yes, absolutely. And even Joey playing into that is so cute because he's such a kid at heart. So mm-hmm. he's like, Oh, what are you wearing? We should coordinate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh so we're at the point here where Danny is insisting DJ go. And if she doesn't go, no one goes. So the phone starts ringing and Stephanie answers it all the while. The family's kind of like bickering, I guess, mm-hmm. in the background. And she says, no, no, <laughs> no, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse's like, who's on the phone? And she said, it was some beach boy calling from the limo in the driveway. I told him <laughs> no one was going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's just so cute. And um, so they all you know, look at each other and get up frantically and run downstairs to try to catch them before they drive away. But when they open the door, there stands the actual Beach Boys. The five members of the Beach Boys all standing outside. What Danny says, it's one of the best lines. (laughs) I do remember now, but go ahead. He's like, but would you please wipe your feet first before coming into the Beach Boys? Yes, yeah. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I thought it was funny because no matter how famous these people are, no matter how big of legends they are, he's like, you're going to wipe your feet before you come into my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have the five Beach Boys, Al, Bruce, Brian, Carl, and Mike. So they're all in there now. Some Dr. Love. Yes. Mike is known as Dr. Love as well. So they enter the house and they say they heard no one was going to the concert, but they want to know why she isn't going. And she says, it's a very long story. And Mike offers to order a vegetarian pizza. Stephanie also comes down and asks, who are these guys? Jesse says, they're the Beach Boys. So she gets to meet them. Now they they are all gathered in the living room. All are singing along to Kokomo by the Beach Boys while one of them in Jesse's playing the acoustic guitar. Even Michelle, sitting on Danny's lap, has her own little ukulele, which is adorable. Mm-hmm. They all cheer at the end of the song that it was a success. So Jesse and Joey have a quiet conversation about handing over the jingle tape to the Beach Boys. Now that they're in a more comfortable position at the house, hanging out with them, Jesse feels like this would be a great opportunity to do it. But right before he does it, Mike stands up and thanks everyone for a wonderful evening and how nobody has bugged them to listen to some song they've written. So Jesse throws the tape back to Joey, an unsuccessful attempt for sure. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to give it to him right then if he mentions it. And I was actually kind of thinking about this. Like, there are a few musical professionals that I know personally and anytime um we've been around them because you know me I sing and do cover songs and I think I'm I think I'm pretty good um Mm -hmm. you're very good 
So, I mean, if I have a song and I'm like, I wonder if there'd be an opportunity for me to show this to them and see what they think. There was only one time, Bethany, in my life that I was able to play a few of the songs that I had recorded in front of a Hollywood producer that's produced very famous musicians. And he gave me feedback on my music. And I was like, okay, now what? Like I was expecting something to happen from it. And obviously that, that doesn't ha- that's not how it works at all. <laughs> so the fact yeah. here that they're trying to give the tape to, to Mike, you know, their, their attempt for this is like, will he work for us or will he work on this? Will he give us an opinion on this? Will he give it to the right people? You know, there's so many different branches it could go. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Mike is saying like, oh, I'm so glad nobody's tried to sell us their stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right, and they're like, wow. <laughs> it like crushes their dreams. <laughs> I know, I know, to a degree, because it just doesn't work like that whatsoever. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> so one of the Beach Boys and asks DJ, "Who's coming with her to the concert?" Mm-hmm. And so they call for a Beach Boy huddle. Huddle, yep. And they're like, do 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 do. and then they're then they all decide to invite the whole family to join their concert that night they are all so excited and grateful they all start to sing kokomo again as they sing for a little bit then the scene transitions into the actual concert of the beach boys singing kokomo it's the real deal concert now And there they are in that ballpark stadium. (laughs) Yes, they are. So next on the set list is the song Barbara Ann. So they invite the Tanner family to join them on stage. And they all get up there and Jesse's given a guitar to play with them. Joey even slips their tape into Mike's pocket as they sing. That that part was great. And like his face while he's slipping it into Mike's pocket is like, it's just humorous. It's. You know, he's still got to slip it in the pocket because the whole episode, you know, Jesse's asking Joey, like, how did you do that? How did you slip that in my pocket without me knowing? And Uh and then then at the very end, you just see him slipping it into Mike's pocket. It's such a production they do. And I was really wondering, did they really say over the intercom at the stadium to have us join us on stage, the Tanner family? Or did they say the cast of Full House? I've wondered that myself. That is a very good question. I mean, it's very likely they did say the Tanner family. I mean, because the audience knows they're filming. So they definitely could have said that. Um, They could have also said it a couple of times and had them come out a couple of times and did several shots, you know. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Yeah, and it just so happens this outfit that DJ had picked out perfectly matches the stadium and the fans and the the kind of mustardy color mm-hmm. gold, if you will. <laughs> I feel like that's a very San Francisco color, that that mm-hmm. gold. Mm-hmm. Well, before we finish up the episode and get into the guest stars, I think we should take a really short break really fast and we'll be right back. Now that we are at the end of our episode for the day, we have our 
guest star appearances, but I wanted to talk about, I wanted to ask you, Bethany, have you ever met anyone from Full House before? I, so I have a very cool story. Really? I do. So, um, first of all, I'll start like years ago, I visited San Francisco for the first time and I didn't meet anyone from the cast of Full House, but I did go back and see the Full House house, quote unquote, the outside of the house. Of course, the inside was not the real set, but it's the outside of the house that they use. And that, I was so starstruck by that even um, years ago. I have pictures in front of it and it, you know, it was just really cool. It's exactly what it looks like um, in the show. But moving forward this year, actually, as I was mentioning before my friend in Hairspray, the show, I went um, to LA to see this show of him performing Um, And it was their first night performing in L.A. And our tickets to the show were um, first level. So we were at the Dolby Theater, actually, um, right there on Hollywood Boulevard. And it was opening night. And not everyone got tickets to the first level. So this first level is where they did the red carpet. um, But they actually did a pink carpet for hairspray theming. And you know, my friend and I walk in, um, and of course our close friends in the show, so we didn't get to see him, but our tickets, we walk into the Dolby theater first level. There's three levels to the Dolby theater in first level and no joke, Amy, we were, it was me, my friend, and then her two friends and then a room full of famous people. It was really surreal really unexpected seeing them on the pink carpet posing and no joke one of the first people I see posing there right on the red pink carpet with paparazzi taking your photos getting interviewed everything was Jody Sweden and I was freaking out I mean it was wild um and she was wearing pink and she had her daughter with her And it was just really cool. And she just looked so great. And then, um, you know, it was one of those moments where I didn't want to go up and get a picture with her and stuff. Because remember, it was just us and then a room full of famous people. It was just not the moment to to be a fan, you know, even though I wanted to be. And like, I was freaking out inside and telling all the girls I was with, I'm like, look at, look at who it is. Look at who it is. They're like, who? And I'm like, Jody Sweden, Stephanie from Full House. Um, but then a little like five minutes later, she walks right by me and I and she's ordering um a cheeseburger or something like that for her daughter, and I'm in line right behind her. I truly was inches away from her and I could have talked to her if I really wanted to. I just didn't want to look like that fan, you know? I know what you mean, yeah. Um, but it was, it was really cool. And I saw her there several times throughout the night. Um, and, and to be honest with you, there were a bunch of different famous names in that room, but she was the one that I was most starstruck by. It was really cool. Do you remember who else was there? Yeah. A lot of the people from like the Broadway hairspray show or the, um, live showing of, Hairspray, Trixie Mattel was there. Um, 
who else? Um, a lot of Survivor cast. Um, I'm trying to think. There, there were so many, but um, oh, um, Frankie Grande was there. Ariana Grande's brother. I said excuse me to him to get through the, to the elevator. And he You're was, like, excuse me. <laughs> literally. <laughs> and, he, yeah. and he had his dog with him, which was wild. But, um, yeah, it was so cool. But, no, like, Jody Sweden was definitely one of my um, – one of my biggest like starstruck oh okay so another guy was there he's actually a twin I don't remember his name he's a heavier set guy tall he was on an episode of Hannah Montana um or a bunch of episodes of Hannah Montana actually um he and he does the hairspray live show so he was there and I was standing right next to him um I actually have a photo of Jody Sweden and a photo of him um so yeah it was really really cool really awesome that is so amazing like I'm so jealous just because like Stephanie's my favorite character I know and and I love Jodie Sweden and I love all of them but to see her in real life would be like you said like totally surreal like she doesn't exist you know she's just no and it's, it's so cool and she was just smiling happy the whole time and I didn't even know what her daughter looked like, and it was just cool to see her daughter in person. And um, and she and Jody Sweden even posted an Instagram um, of the show after the show, and it was just really cool. I'm like, I was there. <laughs> Were they in the audience as well, watching the the hairspray show? Yeah, Jody Sweden was in the front row, um, and my best friend was in the show as a performer. So it's so cool. That is so neat that he got to perform for really big celebrities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, um, so many people came, like, later on, too. Like, the voice of Olaf um, in Frozen, he was there. And just so many people and shows that he went to and people he met. Um, Characters from Schitt's Creek were there, which is one of my other favorite shows. So it was really cool. Was Eugene Levy there, please? No, no, that would have been, that would be crazy. No, that they really wanted, um, Danny, Daniel Levy there, but he, um, he wasn't there. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really, really cool moment. And Jody Sweden was the coolest person to have seen in right there in person, right in front of me. I could have touched her. I am so excited too, because you're telling your experience about meeting or seeing her in, in real life. And then in September of this year, I will be attending the 90s con in Tampa, Florida. So I will hopefully, by the grace no, of God, be so able cool. to not only see them and meet them and maybe talk to them. And, you know, who else is going is Mr. Jeff Franklin. Oh, Okay. <clears throat> So I want to slip maybe a cassette tape into his pocket if I can yeah. with my ideas. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be great. That's so cool that you're going to do that. I am. Man. I am so excited. I am so excited. My mom's going. My husband's going. Like, we're going to have so much fun. You absolutely will. That is that is so perfect for you. That's going to be great. But let's let's move on here and get to the to the guest stars. Yeah. Okay. So our first guest star of this episode is Andrea Barber, back again as Kimmy Gebler. She was 
And um, the last one she was in, I believe, was episode four, DJ's very first horse. Um, I'm still keeping an eye out for when Kimmy gets her own little spot in the uh, beginning sequence, the credit sequence there, theme song. I don't know if that doesn't that doesn't really happen. I don't think for a while yet, but I'll keep an eye out for it. Mm-hmm. So it does happen. Um, then our second batch of guest stars are the Beach Boys themselves. So, Mr. Al Jardine, Bruce Johnston, Brian Wilson, Carl Wilson, and Mike Love were all featured in this episode and are all real members of the band The Beach Boys. So, Bethany, didn't you say you had some information about how John Stamos met with the Beach Boys? Yeah, so um, I know, like I was saying, just when he performs with them, it just looks so real and raw, and um, it just looked like he was part of family members with them. And and actually, so this is the cool part. So John Stamos was actually famous in and of himself before Full House from General Hospital, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. in the 1980s. So um, when he attended the Beach Boys show, he um, kind of had in his own right, like he ha- he kind of had like a way to the backstage um, just because he was also a famous person himself. Um, and it was totally an accident that he ended up somehow running into the Beach Boys backstage accidentally. What? And, yeah. And he was like very starstruck by them and like almost didn't have words. He, he like talks about how the, the frenzied fans were just nuts at their shows back then and everything. Yeah. That was a totally different time for celebrity fans <laughs> and they would chase them, literally chase them. So I could right. see that. I could see like fans going after him and him running from them and stuff. You just, you definitely wonder and know, like when they recorded this episode of full house, most likely, you know, had a lot to do with John Stamos and his friendship with them. And you know what I realized was that (laughs) the reason the song Kokomo is played so many times in this episode is because John Stamos literally is playing the steel drums for the song and is featured in the Kokomo music video, which I didn't even really catch on until like later in my research I realized this and I was like no wonder so the whole point of of the Beach Boys being on this episode is because John Stamos was in that music video and the music video and the song were both released July of 1988 so this was like the Beach Boys like returning the favor to John Stamos to be featured on an episode of Full House um, I know that, I mean, of course, we all we know John Stamos still to this day tours with them. I just watched an interview that came out a couple weeks ago with John Stamos eating hot wings, and he says that he still does concerts with the Beach Boys. He does. He was actually, and I have that um, in here, that he's kind of an honorary member of the Beach Boys, mm-hmm. and he actually just did a huge 4th of July event with them. Really? Mm-hmm. Currently, like this past 4th of July, he just did a huge event 
um, because I follow him on Instagram, he had a whole thing about it. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. He's, that's awesome. Like he, as he should, and he has the same sound as them and the same abilities. And it's just Mm -hmm. nostalgia too, of this show and this episode was kind of the precipice for it. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's crazy how, how like a, a little accidental meet and greet happened and then it turned into this huge, now he's pretty much not in the band, but a part of them now. So I wanted to go through kind of each member here of the Beach Boys. I only have a little bit about each one of them. If you want to look up them on your own time, you can. But I have a little bit about each of them. Um, first, we have Al Jardine, who was a co-founder of the Beach Boys and plays rhythm guitar and occasionally sang lead vocals on songs such as Help Me, Rhonda. And he is still presently a member of the Beach Boys. We have... Bruce Johnston, a member of the Beach Boys and composer, initially joining the Beach Boys for live performances, filling in for their group's co-founder, Brian Wilson. His first appearance on the Beach Boys record was on California Girls. And yes, he is still a present member of the Beach Boys. Next, we have Brian Wilson, another co-founder of the Beach Boys, musician, singer, songwriter, and record producer. He serves as the band's songwriter, producer, co-lead vocalist, bassist, keyboardist, and their quote-unquote leader. He is still presently also a member of the Beach Boys. That's a lot for one person to do. Yeah. Goodness. Um, Carl Wilson... Um, also the brother of Brian Wilson and a co-founder of the Beach Boys. And he was also kind of a leader of the band in the early to mid-70s. He served as the band's lead guitarist and backup singer, but performed lead vocals on many of the famous tracks they had. Sadly, Carl did pass away on February the 6th, 1998, of lung cancer. So he was featured in this Full House episode, but sadly passed away 10 years after this aired. Our last member is Mike Love, also known as Dr. Love, another co-founder of the Beach Boys with his cousins, Brian Wilson and Dennis. Dennis, um, I don't believe is alive um, either. And Carl Wilson, who he's the one who passed away. And his friend Al Jardine, he serves as the band's lead vocalist and lyricist for their entire career. So he started you know, along with Carl and Brian, and they started the band. He is actually still a present member of the Beach Boys as well. And they are currently on a 2023 tour led by Mike Love and Bruce Johnson with additional members and special guests performing alongside of them, including the one and only John Stamos, like we've said. So they are all in their 80s. Can you believe that? That is wild. And they're still up there doing their thing on stage. I'm like, that would be like my grandpa doing that. Right. Yeah, exactly. You my know, grandma, you know, <laughs> that's crazy. You know what I found quite interesting? This is the last piece of trivia. I've already given away all my other trivia <laughs> during, the, <laughs> during the duration of this episode. But did you know that member Bruce Johnson Johnston is listed as a writer and producer on The Weeknd's track, Here We Go Again, featured on the album 
Dawn FM, which was released in 2022. How cool. I did not know that. Wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So he's not only touring, he's writing songs with the current music, modern yeah. music. So he's inspiring the the current musicians in, in around the world. You know, it's I think so cool. That that's great. That's awesome. And I mean, and of course, in my in my opinion, you know, back then in those days, like to be a musician, you had to be good. You know, like nowadays, some of you know, not everyone, everyone's so overly produced and some people aren't as talented as, as you had to be back then to, to make it, you know? Yeah. Now it's just like, you have good social media numbers and, you know, and you're hot. (laughs) Exactly. But back then it was like, you, you really had to have that raw talent and, and it, it shows, I mean, that just proves if he's, you know, if, if Bruce is still doing work with, pop stars now that's that just shows it's because of his talent one time I told my my friend who was a musical professional he was showing us a, a song that he was going over and that he had written and I remember this so so vividly and he looked at us and said what do y'all think and I said it sounds like the Beach Boys and he said what I said and I thought maybe I was offensive at first I said, it sounds like the Beach Boys. And he's like, that's the nicest thing I've ever heard. Because he was such a big fan of the Beach Boys. And I mean, the culture around them and their their style. And it never been seen before. And honestly, too, like just a boy band, you know, that they always do well. That's true. They had that, you know, they have that unique... Really, they have that unique voice and sound to them um, that you can always point them out anywhere if you hear them, like in a store or wherever it is, an elevator or whatever, you just know that it's them. And I feel like they were one of the first kind of, you know, nowadays it's like you can pinpoint anyone. They have that cool voice, but like they -hmm. were one of the first bands to really have a unique sound. Yeah, other than, like, the Beatles, I think, mm-hmm. of that time, there was, like, the Beatles and the Beach Boys, like, they were so distinct. And, I mean, I was just telling my mom this the other day that when I was going to college and I would drive, because I lived at home, so I was driving to college, and I had a Beach Boys CD, and I think it was my mom's, and I still stole it from her or something, and I would listen to that whole entire CD from my drive home um, to college and back. So it was like repeat every day, every morning. I wish we all could be a California girls or whatever it was. And, um, it was like a greatest hits. I already had grown up listening to them, but this kind of like helped me relearn their songs. And I mean, surfing USA, come on, who doesn't know who sings that? I know. And Barbara Ann, <laughs> I would love to see like them live, but if I'm not able to see them live, I think a really good tribute band would do. <laughs> I'd like to see them alive, like literally. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I'd rather see them live. That's, I mean, that's great. This has been such a fun episode to cover with you. And I'm so honored to have been able to be a guest on your podcast. 
I'm so glad I was able to have you and we'll definitely have you again. Yay. I'm so excited. I, I mean, my, my two favorite seasons collectively are season two and season seven. Now my favorite episodes on season six, but I just, for some reason, I think just for season two and season seven have some of the best episodes collected in a season. I agree. And definitely one of them. Really? This is one of your faves? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I love all the episodes in season two as well. They are. It's like the most memorable. They're really forming their characters. Um, and they're not, they're not afraid to really put the comedy in it as well. Oh, yeah. It has a, a lighter... Um, season two has a lighter feel to it um, versus season one is... is um, it's still the same. It's still great. It's just um, season two is more light. I agree. Like, I feel like they didn't have to try as hard in season two. Like, it just naturally uh -huh. flowed. Yes, yes absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, if that's all we have for today, um, if you guys have any fun facts or trivia or anything that we may have missed today... You can email us at fullhousepodcast01 at gmail.com. We're also available to listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and now we are on iHeartRadio. You can find us um, what the, uh, at What's This Full House Edition Podcast anywhere. So, as always, I am your host, Amy, and thanks, Bethany, for joining me once again. Thank you. Can't wait to, for the next Bye. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. The Full House Edition podcast has no affiliation with Full House or the Warner Brothers Studio. The views and opinions given by the participants are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the companies that they happen to work for. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.